They go up the mountain. They return from the mountain, not only with Mahira being the aspect of justice, but with two twin daughters. Uh, so she was with child when they began this journey, and they come back with the with wait, the wait, kids. Wait, 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 magical pregnancy? Uh, you know, well, I mean, is it really a big deal if there's something magical going on when you're pregnant? Like, uh, Annie turned out fine. <laughs> Go listen to our Annie episode if you're curious if there's any effects. <laughs> Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode 41. I'm your host, Ryan, here with the other host, Edge. Yeah, we've got one that we have kind of been waiting on for a hot yeah. minute lined up for you guys today. Yeah. yeah, but so much so that before we even get into housekeeping, which is always going to happen, we usually emphasize and say, hey, listen to these episodes. We'll reference other episodes to help you get some more context on what we're talking about. Because we've, we've done hundreds of hours, okay? So, but for this episode specifically, go listen to the Kale episode. We really emphasize that because the way the stories are written, it's just two sides of the same coin. Um, so you're not getting much new content. You're just getting a different perspective. And we it doesn't make sense to really go through it all again. Yeah, and uh, like I want to emphasize what you just said there of a different perspective. Uh, we're we're bringing up going to listen to the Kale episode now because we're uh, we covered the what happens in the Kale episode, and in this episode, like we're either just would have to repeat it all, which doesn't make sense, but. We are going to get details of what happens in that episode through Morgana's eyes, um, yeah. especially like some of the things that are described in the Kale episode. Morgana like perceives them in a completely different way. So go listen to that episode so you know what the story is and yeah. then come back here to see how Morgana experienced it. Yeah, and and the Kale story episode, which follows that episode, is one of our most popular episodes for good reason. And then you will also understand when we say biblically accurate Mahira, you know what that means, and you're not lost in the crowd. <laughs> you don't you don't want to get snuck up on by a biblically accurate Mahira and still have no idea what it is. So go listen to that episode. <laughs> All right, housekeeping. You can listen to us everywhere. Email us, email us at podcastcore at gmail.com. Uh, visit us at podcastcore.com for all of our info. Remember, that's C-O-R. Follow us on all the platforms because that helps with discoverability. Like and comment wherever you listen. But word of mouth has gotten us this far, so tell one friend to resist injustice by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. We're going to radicalize you. If you've listened, <laughs> if you, if you've listened to over 140 episodes of this... <laughs> Our job here is done. We're doing praxis. <laughs> all right, like we're th this has all just been a ploy for us to start like building up our own presidential campaign. Like, we just haven't gotten to that point yet because we're still arguing over which one of us is running as, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as yeah. the presidential candidate who's the vice. <laughs> So our topic for this episode is Morgana, Chains of Solidarity. We start with the spell, and that spell is Sinner's Vice. Now, the reason I chose this one is not because of the card, because the card's kind of meh, 
right? It's a six cost slow spell. We don't like slow spells around here. That uh, curses an enemy with shackles and increases the cost of the enemy curses everywhere by one. So we do get an introduction of curses. Uh, for all of my eternal players out there, this <laughs> is going to be something that I will play around with in a Lux build. So, you know, I'll, I'll report later. <laughs> Yo, I forgot about the cost. This guy. <laughs> Look, it's not my fault that I know the superior way to play this game. <laughs> so the flavor on here is simple and it says quote to find your freedom admit the darkness within and that's from morgana and the reason this is important is because morgana is the one of the sisters that believes in rehabilitation and this is conflicting to the damasia you know in present time and also kale and how she feels about sinners or people who do bad things. Yeah, um, like if, uh, especially if you did follow our instructions and went and listened to the Kale episodes and stuff, that mm -hmm. the story of Kale, like that we cover for uh, Kale after her bio, like that kind of kind of tells you the whole Demacian spirit of how to view rehabilitation and how to tr handle sinners um, is that you just, stab your sword in the ground and light everyone on fire <laughs> um like it is one strike you're out that is the demacian way and morgana oh, no. <laughs> does not agree with that put down the flag and burn it i guess i don't know <laughs> there's not really a saying for it <laughs> Oh, um, but but you know, like speaking of like how Demacians look at re rehabilitation, that takes us to our follower. <laughs> exactly, our follower is the Mage Seeker Inquisitor. Now, if you've listened to our Lux episode or many of our Demacian episodes, you know who Mage Seekers are. We speak about them at length, and this specific card is important not only for its quote but its image. So check out the art for this card. Uh, as far as the card itself, it's a four cost three two that has Challenger and Tough. It says, when I'm summoned, curse your opponent with suppression. Now, this is great because this card's flavorful in the sense that it has curse, which is meant for Morgana, but it has suppression as the spell, which is exactly what the Damasian um, edict is when it comes to people they deem to be sinners, criminals, lesser than, right? Yeah, like the Damasia as a whole is set inside the Petricide Forest, which is a place where magic is naturally suppressed. So the first thing that you're going to do is get rid of the ability to cast magic. And uh, as far as the curses, uh, like we'll go over the, like all the curses when we get to Morgana's card, mm -hmm. but like we'll bring up suppression now, which is uh, while I'm in hand, you can't play spells other than suppression. Like, so it's like, yeah, if you want to play a spell, you got to spend mana to get rid of this first period. Which, all right. Listen, which metaphorically is great. This is a great card because yes. it, it literally is saying, I am preventing you from progress. And in order to overcome that, you have to sacrifice something. <laughs> and that is, dude, let's go. We love to see this type of design. Yeah. 
But we haven't even gotten to the quote yet here, yeah. um, which uh, right here is, we cannot allow them to reach the sanctuary of the fallen sister. Her magic is ancient and twisted for beyond even my ability to suppress. Quickly, take these abominations back to the ship and then up the mountain after the rest of them. Uh, and if you look at the full card art, you get a better idea as far as like why <laughs> this is being said of like get rid of these abominations but uh like it also kind of solidifies that morgana is still a presence in demacia which yep. is something that is different from kale that we covered because kale kale just went looked at what happened to everything and went i i have to go and she has <laughs> not come back since <laughs> yeah we'll definitely talk about that juxtaposition because it's 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 interesting where Damasia ends up despite one abandoning abandoning it and the other one sticking around uh, and living through it with the people. Yep. And with that, you know, that we that takes us over to the lady herself. Let's let's talk about Morgana. Uh, and as far as like just the bullet points of the story. Uh, in case you just don't want to invest the time in listening to the Kale episode, uh, the bullet points is that long, long, long ago, back in the Rune Wars, yeah. so this is like kind of beginning history of Rune Terra, uh, we have a couple, which is Mahira and Kilim, uh, going to the peak of Mount Targon looking for uh, divine assistance in the Rune Wars because they're threatening to start encroaching into Targon territory. Yeah. Um, while there, Mahira becomes his mom. She becomes the aspect of justice, uh, which we cover. Um, we've covered the aspects before, like with Artaric and Pantheon and Kale episodes. So they are, you know, they are the physical embodiment of divine beings. So not the divine beings themselves, like their chosen champions. Yes. Um, so they go up the mountain. They return from the mountain, not only with Mahira being the aspect of justice, but with two twin daughters. Uh, so she was with child when they began this journey and they come back with the, with wait, the wait, kids. Wait, 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 magical pregnancy. Uh, you know, well, I mean, is it really a big deal if there's something magical going on when you're pregnant? Like, uh, Annie turned out fine. <laughs> <laughs> Go listen to our Annie episode if you're curious if there's any effects. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, so you already know something. something's going on here. All right, so uh, dad is Keelum. Keelum decides to take the kids away from Targon, specifically away from Mahira. Mahira was already pushing them away because she was becoming less and less human and more and more just the aspect of justice. So they flee to a place that is in a forest that naturally suppresses magic. So they go to a place that will in the future become Demacia. And it's in this setting that Kale and Morgana grow up. And this is where the stories, the perspective becomes different. Kale obsessed with justice. Now Morgana, Morgana ends up growing up trying to help those around her, specifically the downtrodden because she recognizes what it's like to have grown up as a refugee because they are refugees fleeing from the mm -hmm. rune wars in Targon. Um, 
And she decides to devote herself to helping those who can't help themselves. And a lot of times this ends up kind of boiling up to a point where she finds herself in conflict with her sister because her sister is just like there is black and white. There is wrong and right. If you're wrong, you should die. And that's it. There is no digging deeper. If what we deem is wrong has been deemed wrong, get rid of it. Morgana is saying that people can change. What a concept. Uh, so <laughs> they end up kind of butting heads. And this uh, this is their childhood for the most part. It's Morgana trying to help the people around her while, while Kale is obsessed with learning how the Justicars of the land operate. And Morgana has this doubt in the back of her mind where she has a fear that she has some kind of connection to whatever the aspect of justice was because of the fact that the her mother was chosen to be the aspect. Yeah. And that's something that's different from Kale's bio because Kale doesn't really think about mom at all. Uh, like, like Kale kind of views mom... Um, to kind of show my weeb colors here, um, <laughs> Kale kind of views her mom like gone views his dad and yep. Hunter x Hunter, where it's like, wow, my dad abandoned me to go be the greatest hunter of all time. Being a hunter must be awesome. I want to be a hunter. Yep. That's what Kale does. Right? <laughs> Unfortunately for Gone, Gone doesn't have sister like Morgana because Morgana's like, wait, mom abandoned us. Mom sucks. Yeah. This sucks. Being a refugee sucks. And God, I hope I'm not connected to her in any other way than just saying that she gave birth to me. Yeah. And this, I, you know, I, shout outs to kill him as a character because he is, he ends up a tragic figure in this whole situation, but ultimately he's, doing what he thinks is best for his daughters and sacrificing his relationship with his wife now aspect and understanding the understanding that, Hey, they, they can't have her in their lives because what she's becoming is not the person I fell in love with. And even the fact that she was willing to make that sacrifice as their mother makes it doubly. So, and Morgana is able to like, that's the result of his sacrifice ultimately is Morgana because if they both ended up like, oh, mom's cool, we're gonna be like mom, then that's a true tragedy, right? But yes. Morgana is the his hope living on. Yes, and uh, a little bit of spoiler there. <laughs> a little bit of spoilers, but uh, if you went to listen to the Kale episode, you, yeah. you're not surprised. Um, and th this kind of like boils to a head because the like it what's funny about it is the fact that Morgana is Keelum's hope. But as we get to this next part of the story, Morgana doesn't understand that herself Yeah, because now we, uh, if the next part that happens is that the sword, the sword of the aspect of justice <laughs> falls from the sky into their village in between Morgana and Kale. And in its descent, it breaks into two pieces and once it lands, both the sisters sprout wings, all right, uh, which is in reference to the aspect of justice. So, you know, I guess magical pregnancies do have an effect on the child. <laughs> I Who would have thought? But 
This is where like the perspectives of the two sisters comes into play very differently because at this point, Kale notices or both the sisters see Keelum just distraught, crying and heartbroken. Kale in her story perceives this as dad is upset because mom didn't make it. That's how he's understanding this. Yeah. Morgana Morgana perceives this as her dad being mortified that his, both of his daughters ended up taking on some semblance of the aspect of justice, and she could not even convey to her father that she was still her, his little girl, even though she went to try to comfort him in that moment, and he recoiled from her touch. So we get like, com those are two completely different perspectives yeah. of Keelum's reaction here. And I do like that in both of these stories, we don't actually get to know what's going on in Keelum's head here. Like we just know that he got his daughters the hell out of Dodge yeah. and that he's heartbroken watching his daughters become the winged protectors of Demacia. Um, and it's at this point that this thriving little village becomes the the little seed that could grow into Demacia. So we have a name. We have a name for the sisters now, which are the winged protectors. And Morgana does everything in her power to ignore the gift that she has, quote unquote, the gift. Like if her, to her, this is a curse. She <gasps> he said does it. not. He said the thing. He said the thing. <laughs> right. um, like to her, this is a curse. She wants nothing to do with it. And she is only concerned with helping those around her that still need help. And at no point does she embrace any of her power until the first time the now young nation of Demacia gets raided. And it's within this raid that she jumps to her father's aid to save his life. And that's the first time that she starts throwing out shackles of fire and burning up her victims. And that's when we actually have like the moniker winged protectors of Demacia. And then we have the break where Kale takes on the Justicars, becomes the head of Justicars, and starts trying to enforce her embodiment of justice in Demacia. Yep. And Morgana basically just becomes the foil to Kale. For the sole sake that Kale is like, oh, one strike, you're out. Like, I I think that it's like, it's cool to get Morgana's perspective here because it really isn't a thing of like, she has some kind of greater like motivation or some kind of like higher power guiding her. It's just like, no, you are messed up, Kale. Like, what? No, they should be put on trial. Like, <laughs> calm down. Yeah. Let's calm down. And but that's she basically creates an entire order that is like an equal to the Justicars and the that follow her name. But their whole purpose is trying to help the help their communities, bolster the people around them, and to take care of those that can't necessarily take care of themselves, such as people affected negatively by the magics left behind from the rune wars. Um it turns out if you use a lot of nuclear bombs <laughs> that there are adverse effects to the n life as we know around those uh, nuclear bombs. Wait, wait. Uh, are you telling me that the military <laughs> industrial complex plays into 
climate change? No. No. <laughs> no. That's why we still do bomb tests in New Mexico. <laughs> oh, wait. We don't do that anymore. <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, a bit, so, bit of a shock for the listener. <laughs> we apologize, but yeah, yes. we apologize for that. We it, told it you we're going to radicalize you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like, needless to say, like I bring that up because the Rune Wars were yeah. catastrophic. Real quick, uh, because that also plays into if you listen to our Nila episode, she mentions well the Nila story episode where we have a guest. I'm not going to spoil it if you haven't listened to it. But she tells them about Viego and his introduction into the world in that form and how it disrupts magic and what that will do to the environment of Runeterra. Like, this is a constant theme. This is just an older story than that, right? Right. Exactly. And, like, I'm glad that you brought up it's a constant theme because it's no different here, right? And the only... The only things that are different is just the things that set it apart to be its own little story, but they kind of follow the same paths. And unfortunately for Morgana, she is trying to take up the mantle of helping these victims of, and survivors of the Rune Wars who now have either mutations or newfound powers that they mm -hmm. don't know what to do with. And so she's kind of like the Professor X of Demacia except that it's illegal to run the X-Men Academy. Yep. Uh, so that's the world she's operating in. And this takes us to the point where, um, like, Kale episode, her number one, Ronas, tries to arrest Morgana. Morgana, in self-defense, uh, like, in self-defense, kills Ronas. Now, Morgana's Whoops. perspective is that it's, which is actually really cool uh, to get her perspective here, is that it was not in self-defense. It was in defense of her followers. Mm -hmm. So she was actually going to be arrested. And then Rona started, like, trying to gun down the people around her because they yep. were abominations. And she's like, no, 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 no. You, you can take me to my sister. You leave them out of this. And since he wouldn't leave them out of this, that's why he she struck him down. Yeah. And this leads to the conflict that we have of Kale and Morgana battle duking it out in the sky. And like as far as like if you want the Sakuga of that, like go listen to the Kale episode. I hope you did because we're not really going to cover that much. The only thing I'm going to harp on here is that with Morgana's perspective, um, and this is something that wasn't really covered in the Kale side either, nor covered in the rest of her bio. She is fighting Kale with the other half of their mom's sword, so she has some swordsmanship. That yeah. was surprising to me. Of just like, you know, Morgana ain't playing. All right, like yeah. she may be the mage of the two sisters, but she'll she'll scrap. Let's go. Yeah. And we we know her her reasoning for leaning on her magic later in life is mainly because of she's denouncing, right, the existence of her mother and her sister. So she doesn't, even though she could use the sword, which would help, she's not going to use it. And we'll show another way of her showing um, that rebelliousness um, against yes. oppression again in a bit. Yep. And so they so they duke it out with the the aftermaths of their conflict. It, they end up causing a lot of destruction throughout the yeah. town and accidentally end up killing their own father. And it's this is one of the things that's the biggest perspective switch, because in Kale's story, Kale just sees Morgana holding their dead father 
it just kind of like does the saving private Ryan thing of just like the tinnitus sound and yeah. is not there anymore. And then she dips. Um, but what we actually have from Morgana's perspective is that she, she casts her sword away. So she's done with her mom's sword, chucks it at Kale. And that's how Kale ends up getting both of them. Um, flies down to their now dying father is holding him as he passes. And while she's holding him, she's cursing their own inheritance from their mother. But when Kale gets there, Morgana asks her, and she wants to know, is the smiting of wicked mortals included Keelum, whose crime was stealing them, was stealing us away from our mother? And we just, we just kind of gave our perspective of Keelum, which is, dude, Dude, like, did what he thought was best for his family yeah. at every turn. Like, he was just a man trying to do his best. And, like, that's a hard question. And she's <laughs> not just asking that question in rhetoric. She's asking her sister, the only other person that can call this man father, point blank, was this worth it? And the the crazy part about that is because when you think about the zealotry of Kale's justice and what Demacia is built on justice doesn't make mistakes so Morgana's question is very poignant because her answer is almost a lose-lose you say yep. no and that means justice justices can fail and it can make mistakes you say yes and you're a monster so like <laughs> that's why Kale doesn't answer yep uh and just with a dumbfounded look she disappears uh so from here Morgana Morgana first tries to just remove her wings to yeah. denounce any connection with Kale and Mahira. Uh, Speaking which of X-Men, angel style, tries, yeah. to get, tries to chop yep. them off. And it turns out that she can't. Like, it, Fortunately, we don't get like the X-Men look of just like, oh, yeah. aid of, like oh, removing the wings. And then, like, they're just like, nah, psych, we're coming back. <laughs> but, no, she just she can't find an implement in all of Runeterra that's strong enough yeah. to remove them. And she won't so use she, the sword. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so she ends up just binding her wings to like to her body. So it looks, you know, it just kind of looks like she's a hunchback. Yeah. Uh and she continues to do what she's always done, which is try to help the downtrodden of Demacia. She tries to help those that need magical assistance. And as we've said so many times in this show, ruinations happen frequently in this world. So there's always a new, there's always a new batch of refugees that have some kind of abominations that need to look yeah. for assistance. And they go to look not for the winged protector of Demacia. They go to look for the veiled one. And Despite the fact that she ends up kind of falling into myth and legend, the Veiled One still exists in Demacia. She still helps those despite the fact that she feels betrayed by all of the society of Demacia and her own sister. But she persists in helping those that need the help. And she stays in Demacia because she knows that a day will come where Kale will return. And she will face Kale on that day to face her own judgment, uh, which is kind of a weird and bitter place to end that story, right? Yeah. Is that she, like, you know, casts away every uh, claim to her family name, uh, but stays there 
in the hopes that her sister comes back so that she can atone for the crimes that her and her sister committed, uh, which is kind of weird. It, it, very somber, somber story, but that that fits the character. Yeah, dude, we I'm so happy we finally got because we've kind of we did Kale so long ago compared to now doing the Morgana. We we look forward to giving this whole picture. And we still have the Morgana story to go through as well um, at some point. But yeah, it, it's it's well done. I love what I don't know if anybody's seen the movie Vantage Point, where it's essentially a story. It's a movie which is told the same story from different vantage points, which makes the whole movie. And it's a great way. I love that approach to telling stories, right? Um, because it's unique. And then also it gives you those perspectives because in one story you feel one way and you get the other perspective. You're like, oh shit, and that's very real, right? It's very real life. Yep. It, like perception changes a lot of details that you thought you knew mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the time. But let's get at something, you know, like let's have a shared perspective on the card. Yeah. Because uh, th this card is pretty cool. I, I don't think it's good. But it's cool. Um, so, okay. So we've got a five mana, three, four with lifesteal. So kudos to Riot for not giving her quick attack. Um, and she has on the they play. They tried to, and then she denounced it. Oh, God. They really tried, man. Um, on the play, it has curse an enemy with shackles twice. All right. So now the curses as far as all the curses that they added into this game uh they uh there are effects that add a card to your opponent's hand which are focus speed spells that have a negative effect on whatever unit is targeted with it so shackles um well we covered suppression suppression is uh two mana focus speed but you can't cast any other spell until you cast suppression um shackles they target a unit and it's two mana while i'm in hand the cursed unit has immobile so just like a powder keg they can't attack or block um which can be something that's like can really turn the tides of the board state if played at like good timing um and i like the fact that this one curses twice so instead of it being two mana on the unit you play it on it's four um and then the level up is you have targeted units eight plus times. Um, so, you know, Varus players, Akshan players, Pantheon players, rejoice. <laughs> you have some support. Uh, and despite the fact I don't think Pantheon needed it. But uh, so that takes us over to the flip side of the card. And that's a four five with lifesteal. Uh, still has on the play curse an enemy with shackles twice. And then on the attack. Curse the strongest enemy that has that isn't cursed with shackles and deal three damage to cursed enemies and two to the enemy nexus. It's a lot of text. Uh, <laughs> and you know us here. If we see a card with a lot of text, it really kind of makes us think, uh-oh. Uh-oh, this could be this could be a problem. Um I again, I still don't think that this card is like incredible because of like the no. way like as far as like the way that curses work um the uh, or the i guess more specifically the way that like runeterra as a whole works like this is something you got to build up yeah 
and Runeterra kind of shows time and time again that you don't have time to build a lot of the time. Uh, so building up this, like you, you, you're taking a risk to get this to pop off, but something else that we say a lot on this show too, Riot does a good job of translating the way their characters in League of Legends yep. play into this game. And this, if this flip side of the card is not Morgana's R, I don't know a better way to bring it into the game. Like this, this yeah. She's ulting. She's ulting <laughs> when she flips. Yeah. But the flavor, dude, the, the flavor not only ties us back to, you know, completing the Kayla Morgana story, but it also references someone new who we found a uh, surprising interest in. And yeah. who's that? Uh, so well, let's go to the front side first. So it is, you come to me bruised and bleeding, yet I've never seen a countenance so jubilant. You are a strange woman indeed, but you are safe here. Please rest. And when you're feeling better, I'd be keen to hear your story. And this is on the front side of Morgana. Mm -hmm. And the person that she's talking to, uh, like, if you're on the wiki, you could just hover over it. But that's cheating. <laughs> like, if you open the full art of the front side of the card, she's talking to Neela. Yep. Um, which makes sense as far as being bruised and battered, but <laughs> a countenance so jubilant. So Neela, Neela is, is someone who has gone to seek assistance from the Veiled One. Uh, and then we have the flip side of uh, Morgana here, which is, you will regret this trans this transgression. Be assured of this. If nothing else, you will feel the suffering you have inflicted on others as a vice around your very soul. You will admit your sins or be suffocated by them. Jeez, uh, and that's a bar, dog. <laughs> that is a bar. And and if you look at the full art of that one, uh, that is very clearly a mage seeker that is getting yeah. absolutely bitch slapped by Morgana. So, so, yeah. so Neela, Neela ended up in Demacia at one point, and not only did she end up in Demacia, she got into it with the Mage Seekers because she was seeking out Morgana. <laughs> it's, there's two things. Because Neela, now that we have her kind of, as far as this release in Runeterra, or Legends of Runeterra, her being a catalyst for this monster battles her also having the background of being a refugee um, of sorts due to you know her kakani background and also her remember her bait she's very simple we said this in, in her episode she's a very simple straightforward character when it comes to her motivations and her motivations as we know it is to protect those who can't protect themselves that aligns perfectly with Morgana's ideals with her current situation in Demacia. The part that interests me in what could happen in the future or what hasn't happened yet is when you start to think about current Demacia and you have, okay, we now have a connection between her and Neela, but we also know that the current conflict between Lux Silas and Garen led military industrial complex of Demacia and how they're treating mages what type of shenanigan stories could you have there, right? And obviously we haven't talked about them. Well, we've talked about Lux and Garen. We will be going back there soon for a lot of stories and comics. So keep an eye out for that or an ear yeah. out for there's, that. But we there's will a talk lot about Silas at some point as well, which is very important. Yeah, yeah there's a lot going on in Demacia. Um, I I could also imagine that like the, as far as like for Neela, like it would be, 
it would be like the worst thing in the world to be in in Demacia, not for her safety, but for any sense of focus, because yeah. then it's like, oh, hold on a second. Is the prince walking around with a dragon? <laughs> I want to fight a dragon. Yep, dude. There's wanna... so wait, that gargoyle comes to life. I could fight something that's the size of a mountain. Now that's a story to be remembered. Uh, but those jokes aside, it also like we have to remember how Neela got to the point that she's at, which is a connection to the underworld. Yep. Um, so it makes sense that she would reach out to Morgana because like one, she's she probably already feels weird here because we have no idea what happened to the girl that was previously a different name. <laughs> like mm -hmm. we have no idea what happened to her, which means she probably feels off in this petrocyte forest. Yeah. All right. But then on top of that, on top of that, if she goes in to see Morgana, it's like now she kind of, wherever she goes, she's bringing a connection to the underworld with her, uh, which means that she, there's gotta be some kind of negative effects everywhere that follows her. Uh, and, she, so she's going to go to the source of like, okay, if something goes wrong that is deemed magical in nature, who's the person to help fix it here? Because so far, everyone has just tried to cast me in chains or kill me. Yeah. This person. Okay. All right. The veiled one. Okay. I'll go see them. Yeah. And that opens up the doors to a lot of weird things to happen in a very turbulent like political state right mm -hmm. and this could be the thing that brings morgana out from hiding because like well, who's gonna help these people uh, i can't let them all come to me anymore because they're getting snatched up trying to get to me yep <laughs> that's that was a huge point is the fact that morgana unlike most does not insert herself into society she lives a hermit lifestyle but anyone who comes to her she will assist and that's that's a big deal because if you can turn that around, then you have a movement. <laughs> and that that affects history, especially with all the other players that we mentioned. So, you know, it, it feels like every episode, we kind of slowly give you guys more and more and we close a door and then open two more. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's why League of Legends lore is so good. It's a living and breathing world mm -hmm. and there's so much that's going on in, in it. And we're just we're like, we're we're trying to build a foundation so that you don't get lost in the sauce because yeah. it is very easy to get lost in all of that um and as but luckily you know for this side or this part of the rune terra landscape we're, the foundation for demacia is becoming clear and if you can see like the pieces of foundation we built together then boy you're probably starting to get just as excited as we are about the content we want to give you because man is there a killer story going on in demacia right now girl and with that, girl, I swear, <laughs> <laughs> as always, it's been a longer one, uh, but there'll be a story episode as well. So <laughs> tune in for that. But for now, thanks for listening. And as always, we'll be back soon yeah. with the next episode. Yeah. Take care, everybody.